Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're just going to call Mary Mann. Get her in here. The great Mary Mann. Hello, hello. And there's Mary Mann. How are you, my friend? It's James Lowe giving you a holler for your interview. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much we've for got, the interview. We've got uh, Mary Mann with us today. She is fantastic, and uh, she spoke with us several months ago, and uh, she's been very busy lately. She's had two books exhibited at the recent Los Angeles Times Festival of Books. The latest published book is uh, Tortoise Shell, as well as the play Anzac and Anzac the Play. Now, um, tell us about both of these. Well, the book, they're both uh, written about uh, Australia, and the book Tortoiseshell uh, was the first uh, little play I wrote, but it was written uh, from a story that my great-grandfather wrote uh, about an event that happened with the pioneers in Australia in, in 1865. And he wrote about what it was like to open up the land in Australia and to work uh, with the uh, Aborigines the, uh, at that time, uh, and he took uh, his whole his whole family with his sons, and they moved up north to Queensland. But the important thing, and why I was thinking that it was important at this period of time, is that they wrote so beautifully about honour and duty and courage and taking care of each other and opening up the land so that other people could come and move into it. And then uh, I realized recently that um, the people who, the young men who fought in the First World War, the, the, the original ones, the ones that enlisted first, came from that very same area. And their ideas about what this world was all about, you know, they fought for liberty for the whole world, for honor and things like that. And then we, that became Australia's National Day. And then I realized that the, 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 the qualities of life that they exhibited and which we thought were going to bring us peace to the whole world were already imbued in the, uh, in the people who came and opened up the land. And I believe that would have been the same as it was uh, in the United States because people have so much courage and pride and excitement about opening up a new land that, and, and they have to care for each other and take care of each other and make sure that uh, they are, uh, you know, they live up to the qualities of being a, a good, strong human being. And so those qualities were the same. And then Anzac the play, of course, I think I might have spoken to you before about this, that takes, um, that takes a story of some of these very same men uh, who came back from, very few of them came back from that war, and then and the impact that that war had on the families of the people uh, of the boys who enlisted, and especially in that one particular town of the women, and and how the women uh, were able to get through that first world war, you know, and then send their sons off to the second world war, and then at the end of that time, 
you know, with the bombing of Hiroshima, we thought um, we thought that the world was moving towards um, peace, you know, and that we would just keep on that course and go towards peace and have all of the uh, all of the ideas that were valuable uh, in in the in the 20th century and and fought for during that war. That we thought that those those ideas and those that understanding of what it takes to be a human being, we thought that that would would uh, bring us into a civilization that was more advanced, um, and it has technically, you know, with all of the technology that we have. However, as we look at the world today, and um, this I'm doing a new a new book, uh, my latest book will be about, um, the, that I'm working on now, will be about, like, what's happening in the world today and what we have, in a way, we seem to have lost um, the, the things that we learned about, you know, taking care of each other and being good citizens, those things that were so very clear at the end of the war, especially, you know, after the Nuremberg trials, and we just felt that the modern age was going to be improved uh, but right now it seems that we have uh, forgotten a lot of that uh, and looking around the world now we have in this new book I'm talking about we have around the globe it seems so many people who are homeless uh, in as we as we advance with uh, under with a, with the use of money and as money has become very significant in everything that we do, uh, we have somehow left behind a whole lot of people who are not able to keep up and understand the money God. <laughs> the, the money God appears in the 21st century very strongly to have um, taken the place of the God of the universe, you know, because whatever religion, whatever, um, and in in the book Science and Spirituality, we talk about all of the different religions and stressing all of these qualities that we felt were valuable at the end of the 20th century, you know, understanding that we all belong to one human family and they, we all have to take care of each other. Uh, but now, uh, if people put money first, if when they have a choice to make, they choose money over people. For instance, one small example, if somebody owns a small piece of land, okay, uh, and then they realize that it's got a whole pile of oil underneath it, and they dig for the oil, and they pull the oil out, and they make millions and trillions of money, uh, they think that because they own that small piece of land, that they own all the money that comes out of it. And that's not right, because that means that the money that has come out of that land, which belongs to God and never to, you know, human beings, and we learned that little lesson from the Australian Aborigines, because with the Australian Aborigines, the land does belong to God. But instead of feeling that all of the money that is brought from that little piece of land belongs to just a few people and leave the rest of the people behind, that somehow has taken on in, in every aspect in this 21st century. Except, there's one exception, that's the state of Alaska. Apparently the oil over there is, is held by the government, and at the end of each year they spread the money around by dividing it up among all of the people 
in the country. And that is something that we uh, can learn uh, from because if that happened, then we would not have so many people uh, homeless. But we have to study that and we have to do something about that in, as we are now in the, in the 21st century. And the other thing that's happening now is that there, there are, well, it's really the same thing, too few people are financially secure. Um, not that they ever were, but with, uh, with, this, with there's so much, the availability of so much money in the world, then we have to bring money into harmony with uh, what we call organic nature. Money, money has to be uh, divided in a way that each person has a little piece of, a little piece of the pie. So, you, you know, each person has to have a little piece enough so that each person in the world is really financially secure. And why? what that means is that each person in the world is really able to be able to have a decent place to live, decent water, you know, enough to be able to send, take care of their children. And, and, and we shouldn't have uh, this homelessness is a very pressing problem, which we can address if we understand the issues that have caused it, you know. And then there are too few children now who are being prepared because when they grow up, they need to be responsible for uh, their own country and they need to learn at a very early age that um, they need to, there are certain rules, uh, you know, to respect each other and to take care of each other and to be a good citizen. They need to learn very early about um, that they belong to a country, uh, in, you know, any place in the world where they belong to a society and they need to become uh, good citizens. And in order to do that, they need to really uh, have games, have things. Theatre can help a lot. We used to, uh, we had a little theatre company and children are taught, you know, somebody would sit up on the stage and with a whole pile of books and say, okay, which book would you like to read now? And the children put up their hands and they pick a book. Well, that's, that's the beginning of democracy. That's, that's learning that the, you know, people can come together and do things together. And they learn that in order to do things the way they want them to be done, and everybody is the same, they must participate. And children need to learn this when they're young, so that when they grow up, they need to understand that they need to be a good citizen and that they need to vote. Because one of the big problems especially in this country right now, is that so very few people vote. They don't seem to understand that it is a responsibility, uh, if, you know, that they have a responsibility in being in a beautiful country like this. They have a responsibility to vote, you know. And then also, we, we are not presently appreciating all the different gifts that people are giving given by God, you know, everybody has a gift, but the, the gifts that are being rewarded right now are those gifts that just make a few people wealthy and the rest of them not, not wealthy at all, you know. And then another thing that we are doing right now, which would never have been thought of, you know, even in older times, is that we are destroying our environment. And Children need to learn at an early age that they need to take care of every living creature, 
you know, and not uh, not throw things away and not destroy things and not toss things in the ocean so that we've just destroying uh, our ocean. They need to be taught that at, an, at a very early age, you know, and a lot of people believe that they are not strong. They think, well, you know, what can I do about it? There's nothing I can do about it. Well, there is. Everybody is strong. Everybody has a gift and everybody needs to be aware that even the smallest things that they can do will be will be uh, very important when it's multiplied by the number of people uh, in the whole world you know and so that's that's what the, that's what the um, that's what the new book is about <laughs> and it's followed on from which I think I talked to you once before about uh, there the book there are no enemies because we Another big thing we're doing right now is spending so much money on defense and fighting and and we don't understand that when we pay all this money for armies and fighting and killing and destroying, what we just do is really destroy the generations that follow because those men come back from the war, and this was emphasized in the Play Anzac, and the men come back from the war, and the children are children are affected. Children don't have their father anymore, and those who have their father uh, have a father that is in great need. We have to support these soldiers for such a long time afterwards that the cost of the war is not just the cost of going to war and fighting and killing and all of that. It's a cost that goes on for a very long time afterwards, taking care of, you know, the psychological damage to the children and the very real damage uh, is to hospital care and all of that kind of thing for the soldiers who fought in the war. And so these are all the issues that we need to understand that we are strong and we can now make different decisions about instead of... Um, you know, voting to uh, send the soldiers off to war and to protect ourselves, we need to understand that we're all members of one great human family. And once a sufficient number of people believe in their own heart and looking at anybody else that they do not have an enemy, if they feel in their heart would look at another person and they can see the divine in that person, then they don't have an enemy. Right, and once we all, once a certain number of people around the world believe that they have no enemy, then we will reach a point where we can really truly say there are no enemies. That's a vision in the sky, you know. There are no enemies, but when a sufficient number of people believe that there are no enemies then they will look at anybody, different color, different country, different everything, and they will see that that person has a spark of the infinite, that they are part of the great human family, and they're never an enemy. <laughs> you, you can't be an enemy with your brother and sister. You, you, you don't, just don't even think about being an enemy with your brother and your sister and your mother and your father. And so if you look at any other person in the world and you see that person as a brother or a sister or, you know, an uncle or an aunt or something like that, as a member of your own human family, then um, you're not going to look at them as an enemy. And so 
it seems like <laughs> the 20th century was uh, full of people who looked at each other as enemies and look at, look at where it got us. And we were supposed to learn from that. And we didn't learn as much as we should have learned because we are still starting. And it starts with language because even if you talk to people and you do not use respectful language when you talk to them, and if that is videotaped and, you know, goes all over the world and you're talking, uh, you know, when people in high places say very bad and devastating things and judgment calls on other people and disparaging remarks about other people, then the children of the world are going to look at that and say, well, that's okay. But it's not okay because that's the beginning of uh, war, you know, and we have to get away from that. Everybody that's in the public view and who's televised right now, whether they believe in yes. what the other person, you know, person will have a view about something or you might be in this party or that party or, you know, a third party or whatever party you're in politically, you are still a human being. And so nobody has the right to speak badly about uh, any other human being in such a way that you tear down their morale or anything like that. We don't have the right to do that as evolved human beings. And so that's another thing that we have to be learning right now if we are going to uh, survive. And it doesn't seem, you know, we used to think, oh, we, we're, we're going to be okay. But when we dropped that bomb, bomb on Hiroshima in 1945, then the world knew that we had the ability to destroy ourselves, okay? Yes. So then after that, we decided we can't do that anymore. So we started reducing and reducing all of those things that destroy. But now, um, this is it seems like people have forgotten about that. I, I wrote something in uh, somewhere, each generation rises with the sun, you know, and... As we rise with the sun, we can't, we have to have some kind of a memory. We can't just start the world over again as if nothing happened before us. We have to have some knowledge of history. And then that, that moves us into the people that we elect to govern us. And when we elect people to govern us, you know, if we elected, if we had open heart surgery and we were going to let somebody open our heart and give us a new life, we would definitely pick somebody who was trained and knew how to handle all those, all those little things. But we elect people to govern us, and we don't even ask them how educated they are. We don't even ask them whether they took any history lessons in high school or in college. We don't even ask them if they took any, uh, any classes in government. We, we don't ask them if they know uh, where other countries are around the world and how they are governed and how we are going to communicate with them. So one of the big things that we have to do coming up is to insist that if we send our child to school, we insist that the, the teacher is somebody who has gone to school and knows something and knows how to teach the children. So we should ask the same thing for people who are going to govern our country. If somebody wants to rise to a position in government office, they need to take examinations. They need to take examinations in government, uh, you know, for local government and what that means. And if they want to go higher, they need to take examinations 
in understanding what you know how uh, a particular ca- country is governed, what the real demo- what true democracy really means. We can't have real democracy if we don't have an educated public. We need to educate our children when they're you know when they're young so that they understand what real democracy is and when they want to vote for somebody the very first question they should ask you know is not how much money they have that's not that's not the thing to ask you don't ask how much money a person has you ask what's your what are your qualifications how well have you governed something how well have you behaved doing this or that what examinations do you pass what do you know about all the other countries what do you know about the condition of people in all the other countries all of those things are so terribly important because we can, if we don't understand and if we are not educated and if we do not understand and educate our children, then we're going to be governed. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.